Hey everyone, this is Chris Vaught, and I'd like to welcome you all to the Pursuit Podcast, where our passion is to inspire and equip you with biblical truths as you pursue after the heart of God. Welcome to another episode of the Pursuit Podcast. Now, recently, we began a series of messages we're calling Realign. Now, the purpose behind this series is, is that sometimes in life, we just get knocked out of alignment with God's plan and God's purpose in our life. And over the past year and a half, while we've, uh, as a world, have gone through a a pandemic uh, here in the United States, we've went through a lot of political, social, and cultural turmoil Uh, there's a lot of opportunities to get knocked out of alignment. Now, we all know what it feels like to get knocked out of alignment physically, right? It causes pain or discomfort. It slows your progress down, and it consumes your thoughts and your minds. Well, the same is true spiritually. When we get knocked out of alignment with God's plan and, and purpose for our lives, it slows you down in your walk with Christ, your progress. It consumes your thoughts. You lose your peace. And it causes a lot of pain and discomfort, even in the soul. There's no more miserable place to be than to be out of alignment with God's plan and purpose. And so we're going through several passages of 1 Corinthians in this series of messages, and we're looking at how to get back into alignment, how to surrender and yield to the Word of God and the Spirit of God to come back into alignment, because there's no greater, more fulfilling place to be than to be in alignment with God. Now, one area that we see in our culture today uh, that uh, we often get knocked out of alignment is simply in our devotion and our love. And with Mother's Day coming up in a couple of weeks, we're going to turn to a message this week and next week. We're entitled Realign Your Love. We're going to look specifically at the commandment of Jesus to love one another and to love God, the two great commandments, right? And we're going to see how that fits specifically in marriage and in the home. So let's go together now, Realign Our Love, Part 1. We're in this series called Realign, and uh, one thing we're talking about in the series is this. God has a perfect plan, and God has a perfect purpose for you. God loves you. He has a plan for you, and he wants to work in your life. Now, sometimes we find ourselves getting out of alignment with our assignment. Sometimes we get out of the alignment, and the happiest place you will ever find yourself in this world is when you're lined up with the purposes and the plans of God. But when you get out of alignment, and if you've ever been out of alignment physically, you know what I'm talking about, and it's the same spiritually. When you get out of alignment in any area of your life with God's prescribed plan and purpose, what will happen is you will feel the pain of being out of alignment, whatever that situation is, emotional pain, physical pain, financial pain, whatever it is, you're going to feel some pain. Secondly, it's going to slow you down. You cannot operate 100% in the purpose and the plan of God if you are out of alignment in that area. Third, it's going to cloud your vision. You're not going to see things as clearly from God's perspective as what he wants you to be able to see it in your life. And so you have to make a decision. We talked about this last weekend. You've got to make a decision. 
And it's a decision that's got to come from a spirit of desperation where you say, I realize I'm out of alignment in this area as this is not what God wants for me. And I'm sick and tired of being in this mess, this pain, this cloudiness. I'm tired of being slowed down. And you got to get desperate enough to call out on God and say, God, I realize I'm out of alignment and I need Jesus to put me back in. Once you come to that place of desperation, then you must make the, the commitment or the devotion to stay with the process, whatever it takes, however long it takes for you to get your life back into the alignment that God wants it. Sometimes we mess ourselves up, get ourselves out of alignment for years, and then we come to church one Sunday and expect God to fix us. Look at your neighbor and tell him, He's still working on you. And it may take a little longer than one visit. Say amen. Because sometimes, sometimes when we get so alignment, God has to work on us in several areas. And you got to be devoted to the process. Third, last week we talked about, then you got to get determined to put up the safeguards in your life to kind of keep yourselves from getting out of alignment in that area again. And, and listen, because we all, we all, we all get out of alignment sometimes. And sometimes we get out of alignment because of the sinful or poor choices that we make all by our little old selves. Say amen. Everybody, don't have to say nothing to nobody. Just smile at your pastor and say amen. You at home, smile at the TV. Say, I'm with you guys. We all make mistakes. I've made a ton in my life. I've gotten myself out of alignment in so many areas, and so have you, because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all gotten ourselves knocked out. But hey, let's all be honest about this too. Sometimes we get knocked out of alignment not because of any choice we've made. Sometimes we get knocked out of alignment because of the choices someone else made that affected us. And you can be doing things right, and you can be going in the right direction, and someone else can sideswipe you in life. And let's just be real. Sometimes we get out of alignment not because of our choices or simply the choices of someone else. Sometimes we just get knocked out of alignment because we live in a sin-cursed world. We're not in heaven yet. Say Amen. And sometimes it's just the way things happen. The Bible says it this way. It rains on the just and the unjust. It rains on good people and bad people. Good things happen. Bad things happen to both sides. And you just got to understand that's part of life. And if you're in that theology that says, if you love God enough, give enough money, do enough good deeds, you'll never have problems. You need to saturate that theology with your absence. Because it's not biblical, it's not true. And what happens is the next time you fight the devil and you go through a trial, you start blaming God for it. And God's not the blame, he's the answer. Right. He's the one to be running to, not away from. Right. We live in a sin-cursed world. We're not in heaven yet. Does anybody agree with me today? Yeah. And sometimes this old world knock you out of alignment. And here's what we've seen. Let's just, be, let's, let's just get down to this. So in the last year with COVID, the pandemic, uh, the economy crisis that we're in right now, with uh, the anger in society, the political turmoil, nobody trusts anyone else in authority right now with all those issues and he says and she says and the media and social media and all of the extremisms that are out there right now in our world. Here's what we have seen. Uh, we have seen that 
the, the climate of our culture right now is knocking a lot of people out of alignment. Specifically, it is knocking relationships out of alignment. Now, this is Valentine's Day, so you know I'm going to hit on relationships some, don't you? And today what I'm talking about, though, is for all of us, whether you're single, whether you're divorced, whether you are widowed or you're married, hope to one day be married, hope to never get married, wherever you're at on, the, on that equation, I want you to know that what we're talking about today is for all of us, even though I'm going to specifically be talking about those of us in relationships or hoping to be in relationships, because relationships has taken a hit in our day today, it's gotten knocked out of alignment. In fact, I did some research and some of this, and I won't, I won't bore you with a lot of research, but I just, I just wanted to point out a couple of things. So like, like one, one website that, that you can go to and download uh, divorce settlement papers. One of the leading websites in the country for divorce paperwork says this, that since the pandemic began, they have increased the downloads of, or the purchases of their divorce agreements by 34%. There's a law firm in England, because this isn't just an American issue that we're dealing with relationships getting knocked out of alignment, but this is a worldwide issue. Satan is working all over the world, and we have folks watching us right now from the other parts of the world that's being affected by this. And over in England right now, there's a British law firm named Stewart's, and they logged that between July and October of 2020, between July and October, listen to this, the applicants coming into their law firm to file for divorce rose from July to October, year over year, from 2019 to 2020, by, listen to this, 122%. Marriages that weren't built on the rock and weren't healthy to begin with, all of a sudden now you bring in all the tension and the stress of a pandemic, the finances, a quarantine, a shutdown. You got to live in the same house. You can't go nowhere. And all of a sudden, marriages began to crumble. And we've seen that. We've, we've seen that right here in our own community and in our own church. Families who are struggling through this season. That Satan is knocking their relationships out of alignment. Another research project went out and did a survey and their results came back to this. The American Family Survey suggests 34% of married couples in their survey stated that the pandemic alone has greatly increased the stress in their marriage. And then all over the country, marriages, uh, new marriages are dropping at an alarming rate. People just aren't getting married because of the pandemic, right? And we're seeing relationships getting knocked out of alignment. Maybe today you've struggled with that. Here's something I need you to understand. I'll come back to it at the end of the sermon. We'll wrap all this up and you'll understand why this is such a burden on my heart today. But here's number one on your message notes. And right there at home, I want you to write this down. I need you to understand that in all the craziness of this world, the mistakes you've made, the mistakes others have made for you or against you, and even just simply trying to have relationships in a world that seemingly has gone crazy. You need to know this. God created you to be loved and to love. God created you 
to be loved and to love. God wants you to know he created you this way. In fact, Genesis chapter two, verse 18 says that God at some point looked down at Adam there in the garden and God said, it's not good, man should be alone. Now, this is just how the CWV version brain works when I read a passage like that. I get to thinking about what was it like for Adam when who had control over all the animal kingdom, right? And he's out there and he's watching them and he's got the giraffes over here and he's got the rhinoceroses over here. And he's, got the, he's got the lions and tigers and bears, oh my, over here. And, and he's got all these animals around him and he's like, whoa, this is so cool. And he's watching them. And then all of a sudden, I wonder what it was like when one day Adam caught on to something. Mr. Rhinoceros has a Mrs. Rhinoceros running beside him. And they look like they're having a whole lot of fun together. And Mr. Giraffe has Mrs. Giraffe over here. It looks like they really enjoy hanging out. And then over here, they, and he just went through. And, and I wonder at what point Adam looked up at the sky and said, Hey, God, I think you missed one. And God looked and said, It's not good that men be alone. Adam goes to sleep. God takes a rib from his side, creates woman. Adam wakes up. He says, whoa, man. This woman is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You know, the old ancient rabbis used to say this off of that very verse. The ancient rabbi, Jewish rabbis would say that because Eve was taken from the side of Adam, and the scripture says, and God closed up that place, meaning that, that there's a, for Adam, don't go count your ribs, but for Adam, there was one missing. And, and the ancient Jewish rabbis would say that that's why uh, from then on, Adam was searching for the one to feel his missing space. And, and that's why God created us to have relationships because Eve was taken from his side, not his head to lord over him, not his foot for him to lord over her. From his side for them to walk side by side. And when that relationship is like it should be, two equals make one whole. And they walk together and Adam would have to put his arm around her shoulder so they could be side to side and she's under his wing of protection and security and strength. And until we are together side by side, locked arm in arm, we will always have a longing. Something will always be missing is what the ancient rabbis would say off of this passage. Amen? I believe there's a lot of truth to that, don't you? In our world today, we're so messed up about what love is and everybody's got their opinion of love. And one of my pet peeves is we let people who get paid way too much money to be fake on TV or play a game or a sport, we pay them way too much money and then give them the permission to get on social media or their blogs or on television and tell us how to have marriage relationships and how we're supposed to love and how we're supposed to value ourselves. They can't keep a relationship for six weeks, but then we want to listen to everything they got to say. I learned a Greek word about that in seminary. You want to hear it? Baloney. Come on, somebody. I'm so glad God gives us his word that when we find ourselves knocked out of alignment, we've got someone to come back to who can tell us the proper procedure to follow. And his name is Jesus. Amen. So that's what we're going to do today. Because God created you to love and to be loved. But you need to know the difference between real love and fake love. Real love isn't if love. 
If some old guy comes to you and says, I'll love you if you'll go back here and do this with me. I'll love you if you'll do that. Look at me. That's not love. Love doesn't have conditions like that. Real love isn't because love. I love you because you're so sweet. It may sound good, but his love for you better be deeper than that. Her love for you better be deeper than that. I love you because you provide everything I want. You make so much money, bless your little heart. I love you because you got a good job and nice house and a cool car. I love you because you need to look back at that person and say, there ain't no because in my love. And, and listen, if they come to you and say, I love you because you're so pretty. You say, you're going to love me in 30 years when I don't look this way no more? Because listen, 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 you need to know the difference between love and real love. Real love isn't an if love, and real love's not a because love, and real love's not lust either. I love you because you're so handsome. I love you because you're so pretty. Listen to me. My dear wife has been married to me for 30 years. Bless her little heart. It's true love. To put up with me for 30 years, it had to be true love. Do you know she was six foot four when we got married? (laughs) It's been hard to live with me all these years. It just kind of knocked her on down, but it's real love. (laughs) I shouldn't have looked down. I saw my family laugh. I had it all together until then. Real love is if love, because love, lust love, and it's not free love either. Right now, there's a saying in society, love's just love, love's love. Is that true? No, it's not true. There's all kinds of things we call love isn't real love. See, real love has commitment. And real love has discipline. Real love shows a lot of grace and forgiveness. Real love's willing to sacrifice for the other person. Even when they've been wronged and didn't do anything to deserve it. A few weeks ago, I preached a sermon called Love in All Things, and we went to 1 Corinthians 13, and we talked about out of all the Greek terms for love, there's one that's superior, and it's the love that God calls us who are followers of Jesus to live by. And this is not just in our relationship with God, but it's with each other, and it's even in our romance. We're to love with agape love. Agape love is unconditional. Agape love loves the way that we've been loved by God. Jesus says, love one another as I loved you. Jesus says, I agaped you. You need to agape one another the way I agaped you. Let me just read you. It's not on your message notes, but you can read it. Jot it down on your message notes. 1 Corinthians 13 Verses four through eight, love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy, it's not boastful, it's not arrogant, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not irritable. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. Love doesn't always keep bringing back the past. Let your skeletons die in the closet. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness. True love doesn't enjoy going out and living like the devil and then trying to show up on Sunday and act like Jesus. That's not real love. Oh, if you really love me, you'd go go do this with me Saturday night and then we'll go church and I'll love you on Sunday morning. That ain't love. That's a joke. 
Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in truth and it bears all things and it believes all things and it hopes all things and it endures all things. And let me give you the last one because no matter what you've been through, no matter where you're at today, no matter what terrible choices you've made or the choices someone else has made or what this old crazy world has done to you in your relationships, I need you to hear me when you love God and you allow God's love to saturate in those relationships God can turn things around. And in the end, you will learn that verse eight is totally true. Love, agape love, real love, never ends. So we got to get back into alignment. And Jesus is the way to help us love that way. How do we love that way? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. And it's pretty simple if you want to know the truth. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39. Look at there with me on your message notes. And you've heard this verse. You're going to be like, well, I've heard this so much. But today we're going to break it down. Jesus said this. Here are the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your, your mind. And this, great, this is the greatest commandment. And the second one is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So number one, on your message notes, wherever you're at in life today, when your love gets knocked out of alignment, when you've been hurt, when you're trying to move forward, in every position you find yourself, and in whatever season of life you're in right now, single, married, divorced, widowed, wherever you're at, here's the number one principle. You ready? Love God first and foremost. Put God where he deserves to be placed and let your love for God rule all the other loves in your life. Listen to 1 John 4, 8. The scripture says this, the one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Now I gave you this verse because it's very important. You need to understand, you cannot truly know God and not fall in love with God. Now if you can know God but you don't love him, you're religious, not in relationship. And you can be religious and not saved. And you need to know what the difference maker is. I had someone ask me this week, what are the difference makers for me to know if I'm truly saved or not? And the very first uh, in, uh, predicament, not, not predicament, the very, the very first clue that you are truly saved. I lost the word. You just, y'all saw that, didn't you? I'm just bringing it out because you're all thinking it anyway. All right, we'll edit it out of the video. Here we go. <laughs> the first indication, there it is. I just need to stop for a moment. The first indication that you're truly saved is you have an overwhelming love and devotion to God. It's interesting when you read in the Old Testament that you read in marriage relationships, that you'll read about a man and a woman when they get married. And the Bible will say this, especially older translations will say this word because it's very key in the Hebrew. It would say, and he knew his wife. And you say, wait a minute, I thought that was talking about marriage night, intimacy and woo woo. And yeah, it is. It's talking about all that. But here's what you need to understand how it says it. And he knew her. Or, and she knew him. And isn't it interesting that the most intimate moment between a man and a woman is described in the Hebrew as the deepest level of knowing the other person. 
And it's a picture and a shadow of what it truly means to be saved. To truly love God, you've got to know him. Come into an intimate, personal relationship with Almighty God. How many of you today can say, I actually do love God? I don't know about him. I love him. You may not even know a whole lot about him, but there's just something inside your heart that says, I love the God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for me. And, and this is why I want to share this with you, because when you really fall in love with the Lord, Isaiah 58, 11 is a verse that you can hang on to. And it says this, the Lord will always lead you and satisfy you in a parched land. No matter what situation you're in, no matter what the predicament is, God will lead you in a parched land and he will strengthen your bones. And you will be like a watered garden. And like a spring whose water never runs dry. No matter what season of life you're in, no matter how bad you've been hurt, no matter how painful this moment is, if you just will allow yourself to truly fall in love with God in the midst of your pain, God's love will make you feel like a watered garden in desert places. How many of you this morning came in? You don't have to raise your hand. Just to ask yourself this question. How many of you came in or watched online and today your soul was parched? But when we started singing a moment ago about our God, when we were singing Rattle, or, or when Teresa was up here leading that final song before I came out on the stage, I mean, you could just feel the love and the presence of God. In a moment, we're gonna sing about our amazing God and his love before we close. Because the more you love God, the more he will bring satisfaction to your soul. And listen to me, men, come on, men. All the men, give me a grunt so I know you're listening. And if your man didn't grunt, woman, elbow him in the ribs and wake him up. Right there at home, you can do it too. Come on. Men, you will never love your wife the way that woman deserves for you to love her until you love God first. Your wife is not to be your first love. She's to be your second love. Because you will never love her the way she deserves to be loved until it is reciprocated through your love with God. And listen to me, ladies, that dude that you're hanging on to, that man you love and think so big and bad and strong and mighty, and, and you know, and you just, you, when he walks in the room, you just whistle. You know that dude? <laughs> I hope you know that dude. Is that right, sweetheart? And so when he comes in, listen, he doesn't need to be the number one man in your life. He needs to be the number two man in your life. God needs to be the first one because you'll never love them the way they deserve to be loved until you love them through God. God will give you the ability to love your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend in ways you never dreamed possible. You know, when you go back to Genesis, you go to the first marriage and, and that's how it was, right? And they, one flesh, God made Adam and Eve one flesh, but it didn't take long for them to get knocked out of alignment. Sin came in, temptation, eat the fruit. Adam or Eve ate of the fruit, gave it to Adam. Adam ate the fruit. Do you remember what Adam and Eve did after they ate the fruit? They hid. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter three that God came through the garden and he said, hey, Adam, Eve, where are you at? Question, did God know where they were? He always knew where they were. Was God asking for himself? No, he was asking because he wanted Adam and Eve to realize where they were. 
Why was it important for Adam and Eve to realize where they were? Because when sin came, their love got knocked out of alignment. What did Adam and Eve do? What they should have done as a couple is ran to Jesus, ran to God, right? Instead, they turned to one another. They let their spouse take the place that is reserved for God. And instead of running in intimacy to God, when they turn their eyes to each other, instead of keeping their eyes on God together, when they turn their eyes to each other, instead, what happened? They retreated away from the presence of God. And that can happen in any relationship. When you let someone else take the place reserved for God and you get your eyes on them instead of both of you keeping your eyes on him. Amen? Let me move on because I can see y'all so blessed about that. So, <laughs> just joking. Even when you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, when you read about singleness and widowhood, Paul addresses that it's not wrong to get married and it's not wrong to have a relationship, but he addresses the situation down in verse 34. And he says, but I need to address this with you. Here's why. Because if you think that getting a man or getting a woman is going to satisfy your life, you're wrong. And he says, the single person and, and the widow is actually even more blessed than the married person because they don't have the distractions to distract their attention off of God. And here's what I want to say to you. If you want a relationship or you want one day to get married, grow deeper in your love for God and let God bring that spouse in to join you on the journey don't let the spouse, the future spouse, become your journey. Are you with me? Matthew 6.33. Read this verse out of your uh, outline together, out loud. Ready? Go. Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be provided. Thank you for joining us today for the Pursuit Podcast. For more content, to read our blog, watch past sermons, or find other great resources, check us out at chrisvaught.net, and then check us out on social media. Then tune in again next week, and we will open our Bibles and together pursue after the heart of God. Thank you again for joining us at The Pursuit. Thank you for joining us today for The Pursuit Podcast. For more content, to read our